Welcome to the Marvel Guys podcast. My name is Jordan, and as always, I am here with the guy who has been levitating about three feet off the ground since all this news came out. How are you doing today, Spencer? Oh, I am geeked. I am so amped up for this specific episode of the podcast. I am ecstatic, and you're right. I did levitate. This might be one of the most exciting podcasts we're really ever going to do. Um, because it's all speculation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not really judging anything concrete. No. It's just a lot of different things that could possibly be going on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the news has been amazing. It's, it's, there's been so much, literally in one day. Every two minutes on Twitter was like, boom, boom, boom. New yep. piece of news, new piece of news. And each one uh, was... As surprising as the last, honestly, like mm-hmm. we thought we knew a lot of things um, and some are going to either be true or are true, but some of them were like, oh, they announced that. Okay. That's, well, yeah. That's interesting. And I think a lot of it went under people's nose because of the, I think what were the, probably the two biggest announcements of, well, I mean, I think there's three, I think there's three massive announcements that people were like reeling about but then there's so many things that went under the nose of so many people i feel like so well for this episode the topic is the news and notes because there is so much uh new stuff that has come out recently Mm -hmm. and we have at least one episode of it to cover we'll see how this goes Um, there's a lot of things to talk about usually our news and notes can take maybe 20 to 30 minutes when there's a few, you know, three to five things that are interesting to talk about. But we really have like eight to 12 things that all need their own, you know, box to to put in. I mean, each one of these things that we have, I'm looking at them right now, like that's easily like 10 minutes a piece, maybe at the least. Some of these can get into 20, 30 minutes. Right. That's (laughs) my fear. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. We may need one. We may need two. I don't don't know. Maybe we'll need more. But the first thing we can get into is something that we have already talked extensively about, but it's still, it's more (laughs) exciting every single week, it seems like. Yeah. Spider-Man 3. Wow. And Doctor Strange 2, this, this... conglomerate that those two are becoming between the Spider-Verse and and really the Spider-Man movies as themselves, we're seeing a move towards a multiverse slash a time machine. Like something's going on here. We're seeing three different Spider-Men being talked about Mm -hmm. and their love interests all coming back. Mm -hmm. Possible returns of other villains, but one confirmed in Doc Ock. We've already got Electro. What is going on? Yeah, this is insane. I think that everything that we've talked about previously, I think, is uh, is still true. I think that this movie is going to be, you know, and, and I'll get into this later because there's something that I think needs to be addressed as to something that you have I not complained, but you're just kind of questioning about how they're going to pull certain things off that I think gets answered elsewhere. So, but I just, so I don't expect there to be a, uh, Dr. Strange, Peter Parker's scene in which he kind of goes over what's going on. Um, but I think that 
that this is massive because we're, we're literally like, how are they going to stuff this all into a time frame? It's literally us trying to stuff this podcast into one episode, like all this news into one episode. And wow, man. I mean, we're getting Andrew Garfield. We're getting Tobey Maguire. We're getting uh, the Chicks Blade, Gwen Stacy, uh, Kirsten Dunst, Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Yeah, that's that's the one. Like that that's the one that's kind of goes. Wait a second. Wait a minute. Yeah. What well, else is going on? Right. Are are we gonna get freaking uh, what's his name is Frank Castle or, uh, you know what I mean? What's going on right now? This is insane. So, but I, I'm I'm very excited. I want to see how they do this. How they pull it off. It's gonna be a massive movie. I'm I'm predicting this to probably be the biggest box office draw since Endgame for sure. Like it, there's not even close. The Spider-Man name was already going to push it, yeah. you know, pretty high. It always does well. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing: you're going to get a lot of people that were like, "I'm not into this new Spider-Man." I, you know, Tobey Maguire is my Spider-Man, right? Now they're going to be like, "Wait a minute, wait." Toby said <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe I can give this a chance because Toby didn't have to say yes. Mm-hmm. Toby doesn't need the money. No, Andrew Garfield, he he still got that social network money. Like these these guys did not need to do this, so it really it speaks to the clout of Spider Man. I think beyond that, it speaks to the MCU's draw of this is something bigger than yourself. Like right, you can be a part of a high grossing movie, but are you going to be a part of something great that's going to last long term? And that's what this is becoming. Like we've talked in the past, it's like. Have you done an MCU film yet? Because that's how it seems, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, every single time that you hear about an actor talking about wanting to be in the MCU, it's like, you know, the movie accepted. They're like, you're not judged about, you know, by how many students you have at your college. You're judged by how many you um, can't accept, how mm-hmm. many you deny. Right. So at this point, it looks like everybody wants to be a part of the MCU, and even the people that have been a part of the Spider-Man universe in the past are like. Yo, I want in. Right. Let me let me get a crack. And so shout out to Kevin Feige. I think what you said speaks volumes because I think that it encapsulates exactly what the Avengers are to begin with. I mean, they're they're people that were, you know, in some cases, these are characters that are outcast. These are characters that don't fit in with others. These are characters that have, you know, superpowers that allow them to not really be relatable to other humans but they find a way to be relatable to each other because they're heroes thus creating a family and i think that the mcu and the actors within that realm are also like kind of becoming like a family in a way because now everybody's like oh like like there's some clout to playing spider-man dude like i don't care like people rag on andrew garfield and they rag on toby Maguire too and they rag on Tom Holland, but like, man, you can't deny that like Spider Man's probably the biggest character left from that Infinity Saga. He is the biggest character left going forward as far as popularity is concerned. Um, so there's there's just so much going on with this movie that and like I said, man, Charlie Cox is Daredevil? Are you kidding me? Like that opens up so many doors like man like we're we're going to get daredevil in the MCU finally 
Like, oh my gosh, dude, that, I mean, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I've been writing basically a daredevil story. So yeah, I, I don't need to say any more about daredevil being in the MCU. I'm stoked for that. I mean, the more I read, the more exciting it gets, yeah. honestly. Um, yeah. How cool is it that they just spotted uh, spotted Alfred Molina on set? They're like, hey, <laughs> yeah. I think Doc Ock is back. <laughs> um, I do still think we could possibly get a Miles um, I think he's, appearance. He's, ba- sort. he's all but confirmed, really, because of what, you know, the scenes with uh, Prowler and the first Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that's all but confirmed that he'll be in at some point. This could be the movie. That could be the one that like doesn't get announced and people don't really know going into it. Like they're, they're right. so. It feels like there's gotta be something right. left. Yeah. That, there's there's that, that, that one. From us. Yeah. There's that one big thing that they're going to hide up until the movie comes out. And I think that could be it. And it could be like a climactic moment where like he helps Peter and all them do the other something, Peters. defeat somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you'd only need them for like one day on set or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who that would be. Do they have uh, a Miles that they played at, like in the PlayStation or something that they might be uh, looking towards? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really sure. But that would be pretty cool. I think that'd be a great um, little spot. Like it seems like that's probably the last we're going to hear about characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that that's, I feel like it's almost like if they tell you about a character, they're probably not going to have as big of a role as you may think initially. Cause they're just like drawing you in with that guy. Right. Um, that may not be the case for everybody since there's so many. Um, but it always feels like if there's a secondary uh, villain or hero or something that has kind of a cool storyline, they'll save that little, uh, little bit of, of news for you to find out and experience when the movie comes out. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm geeked. The, the reality is these people could all have been cast literally for like a five minute scene. Yeah. Oh, five minutes seems like a lot. Like honestly, not even that, you know what I mean? Like, dude, this could be literally two seconds of seeing Alfred Molina as Doc Ock or something. And it or could it be could just be a time travel thing. Right. Right. Or it could be an entire film. You know, you, we don't know yet. That's what makes this so crazy and, and, and cool. We don't know the villain yet. If it's a villain, it might mm-hmm. be multiple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. The right. world. I don't, I don't know. Anything's open at this point. <laughs> right. And maybe that's partly what they're going for is they, they're they going to throw so many characters at you that you don't know what's what to going think. on. You don't right. know what story to formulate. It's anything but obvious. Like mm-hmm. they're probably protecting the script just like they do the Avengers ones. We're, we're going to get into this a little more as we go on uh, because there's some, there's some stuff that I think, and I'm saving it for literally one topic, but yeah. Let's well, see MCU. It's not a one off. So right. everything's correlated. Um do, what's your uh your intuition? Do you think this is mainly a uh see things in the past kind of thing, or do you think they'll be in today's time? I think both. Okay. I, I think that uh Yeah. Well I yeah. Well we'll get into that a little bit later because okay. I think it correlates to something else better than this. As a talking point, I think. We can get straight into that. Yeah, let's let's do it. Loki. Loki. 
go for it. Absolutely. Uh, we so, had a new Loki trailer come out, and right, um, it's very interesting. It takes place right at the end of the Avengers stuff with Loki. Um, yeah. So the end, end game stuff with Loki, and he drops into a desert land, and then you know he's going through the uh, TVA sequence, and mm-hmm. so go go into. So I want to ask you actually a personal question to start with this first. Mm-hmm. So if uh, let's say. A week from now, you are coming to grips with some news that somebody close to you just passed away, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody you're, you're like you're really close to, or like a family member or something. Uh, that same day, you are gifted in some way of being like, you know what? I can, I can fix this. I can wake up earlier in this day and prevent this from happening. And have more time with that person, would you take that opportunity to say, I'm going to make sure that this person lives longer than than that because they feel like they've been gypped in life, basically? I don't know. I think that's the real answer. I, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows that kind of stuff until they are actually met with it. Right. Um, I think it would depend on the circumstances, but I think it's in like innate that all of us would protect people that we want to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, but to what length would you go to do it? Right. I don't know. Because, yeah, I, I, think, I think that most people would say yes, that they would. And that's yeah, where that we get interesting. This is where we get interesting. Because as I've said, since we saw this movie, like, I don't know how many times I've reiterated this, the most important scenes that ever happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe happened in Endgame. It's Loki and Cap. And the reason being is that those two scenes in particular alter things. They change things. We're no longer in the same time flow. And the thing is, is it, and it's explained more like better in the comics than it could be in TV until we saw that trailer of Loki. Because that trailer of Loki opens things up with the TVA. But what I'm getting at is that those two scenes were so drastically important because the people within those movies, like the characters within those movies, aren't going to know that they're part, like something's changed. Like they're going to say, oh, well, that's cool. Cap stayed in the past to to live out his life, you know, how he wanted. But they're not going to think that like, oh, wow, I'm just now all of a sudden now in a different universe because it's not going to be like that. Like it's it's going to be like so not obvious to the naked eye that things have drastically changed. And I think that that's what has opened up this multiverse with Loki in particular in this show and this trailer, the time variance authority, which is the TVA. That is where, cause I remember us discussing Spider-Man three and Dr. Strange two. And your biggest thing is like, you know, how are they going to describe the multiverse? That's how, because the TVA is going to break things down in this in this show. You're going to learn everything you need to know about how things are set up from here on out as far as the multiverse is concerned through the TVA. Like in these movies, you're going to see some crazy stuff and right off the right off the, you know, top of my head, the only person I can think of that's actually going to maybe know what's going on is Doctor Strange. I think we all know that. But like you know, Everybody else has no clue. We saw this with the WandaVision trailer as well. 
which we'll get into that as well. But like, I think this Loki show, just based off the trailer, has now instantly become the most like this is the one you have to watch to understand what's going on now. Um, so yeah, I think because, you know, going back to the question I first asked you about saving somebody, the reason that that's so weird and, and, and interesting is because say you do, if you go back and you save that person from, from dying and you get more time with them, you've now created an alternate reality. You've now created a different universe. Because they're still dead in that original universe. Exactly, because they're still dead there. But they're not in yours. Right. And say the next week somebody else dies, and you have the ability to save them again, and you save them. Now you've created another one. At what end does it stop? That's where the TVA steps in in these kinds of circumstances. Like, the TVA steps in when people, like, are kind of crossing boundaries and they're doing too much. Like, we've seen in comics, I think, King the Conqueror and the King Dynasty were confronted by the TVA uh, because of his, you know, ability to go through time and stuff like that and manipulate. Um, so, I, yeah, it's going to get insane over the next few years. And it's not just because of all these announcements. It's because of the content within these announcements. The content within these shows and movies is going to be something we've never seen before. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, so what what did you think about the Black Widow lookalike? Yeah, so it, uh, to set this up in the trailer, if you haven't seen it, which you should, um, there's a point where there's a girl sitting on a rock that we presume to be Black Widow, um, I mean, just she because looks just she like looks her. so much like her, right? And the setting looks um, similar. People are speculating: Did he go back in time to stop her death? Mm -hmm. happening i would say that it's a possibility that he would but i don't think that it's hmm. it doesn't seem like something loki would do but it seems like something he could be pushed into doing from who the tva from thor uh yeah thor liked her i mean there's a lot of things that, that come into play. I mean, we see this all the time in Marvel comics. I think one of the last episodes we did, we talked about the, uh, Jonathan Hickman Avengers and new Avengers. And like in these kinds of situations where characters know that somebody else has the ability to do something like, uh, you know, like you can't just come up and be like, Oh yeah, I have the ability to like save people now. Like I have the ability to like travel through time. And then create different realities now. Like, people are going to be like, wait, you waited till now to say this? Oh, so we can go save Nat? Oh, bet. Let's do it. Like, that's, but what that does is it just sets up another, it sets up another universe. And then, so I, I don't know. I think it is interesting. I think that it's such a weird placement, as you said. Like, why is this in the Loki show? So, um, I don't really have any more speculation than that as far as Black Widow is concerned, but I do think that the Black Widow movie is not going to be what we think it is now. 100%. You think they changed it? No, I just don't think that 
I don't think that it's going to be just a backstory movie anymore. I think that this is going to be a backstory plus uh, possibly us getting, <laughs> hear me out, us getting the Thunderbolts in an alternate universe. I think that's how this movie ends. Okay. Like there's an alternate reality in which we have the Thunderbolts with Ross. Uh, I have speculation that Taskmaster isn't going to end the movie a villain. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot with that movie. Uh, but once again, this is what my brain does when, when all of this hits me at once is that it's just like, blah, 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 like all these different things that could happen. Well, one thing about the Loki trailer that we noticed when kind of stopping and checking out things in the scene and the background is that there was a lot of things that kind of pointed towards the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that tell you anything? Is that something it looks like he's running for office? Do you think maybe there's a time period in the eighties that would make sense? Like what, what's going on there? Well, if you're talking eighties, one, one thing to look at in the MCU is if we're going back to the 80s, we're going back before the Avengers Initiative. So that is literally before Nick Fury and Captain Marvel meet for the first time and before Nick Fury creates the Avengers Initiative because we now know that he created that right after Captain Marvel. Um, which is also before the scrolls got introduced. Uh, I mean, there, there's so many things that that goes before. So... Um, and I think there's good reason for that because he doesn't have the Avengers. That was Loki's downfall. Loki's downfall was being stopped by the Avengers. Like, right, there's if he's only got to worry, yeah, if he's only got to worry about his brother. Well, he may be the only super person on right. the earth at that point. Right, right. I mean, you still have the Winter Soldier out there, but he's very much not, you know, <laughs> he's not coherent enough. You know, he's very much just a Russian assassin. Um, I mean, dude, there's, he can really create some chaos in the 80s. Well, I wonder, it just, it seems like it's a possibility. So in one of the scenes, he's running for office. There's stickers and pins Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, Could it be mayor? Sure. But I think Loki, in his ego, would want the highest office possible. Right. and if it's the 1980s, that would put us at Ronald Reagan, right? who has the biggest victory landslide in modern history of politics, which makes me wonder if Loki just is like, well, I know how easy it is to win presidency. He just runs as Loki, the guy who's going to solve everything. And he becomes the president of the United States. I don't know. Like I'm, it could be interesting. I don't put that past him. I mean, no. Ronald Reagan had a program called Star Wars, so we're all in the MCU and Disney and everything with right. with Reagan. I, um, I think. I don't know. I could see it as a possibility. I, I don't think he would stop just there, though. He would want to take over the world. He would want a world order, but there's no world president, so he would have to right. start somewhere. Um, the thing is. He could easily get into conversations as to how the world is going and how things are going on in the world and what's, you know, there's, 
there's so many things that this opens up. I mean, we see him jumping out of the plane into the Bifrost that's coming not specifically for him. Uh, so, um, he could be potentially a hero now. Time start traveling. over. Yeah, time traveling. Like, that was our original thought. Right. That everybody was like, okay, he took the thing that gives him the power to go pretty much anywhere he wants. The show will be about him going to crazy events in the past and being a part of it or messing around. Yeah. Apparently, that's not the heart of the show. No. But uh, I th- certainly th- could be taking place here and there as the God of Mischief would. Right. Um, there's also those dudes that he was fighting in one of those scenes. I don't know. That looked like... That looked like the Hellfire Club. Like that blue guy. And it's literally just because it's blue and he had like the little red crest thing on his on his arm, on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Dude, if that's the Hellfire Club, they're they're getting into the X-Men stuff a hell of a lot sooner than I thought they were. Cause that is a X-Men oriented group. Um It's it's wow. just there's a lot of stuff that's very interesting. Yeah. Um he says near the end of the when he was on the plane, you better be about, ready. Yeah, yeah, brother, you better be ready. Brother and Heimdall, but he's dead in Thor's time, mm-hmm. Thor's present time. Mm-hmm. You have so, to think too that this was 2012 that he took the cube. Right, right. Like this isn't modern day Loki. Well, not even well, modern. Who knows day where Loki, he is? Loki, but like once he took it, but yeah, right. it was 2012 Loki. Yeah. So it's literally we have no clue what's gonna happen. We just have an idea because of the trailer, but like they could go any way they want with this. I mean, this the possibilities are endless. Ten seasons and they never run out of things, right? Because you're talking this is eight years in the past, but also could be in the future. Yeah, and with the capability of going forty years in the past, any any world event, right? (laughs) He he could invent the internet. You know, like uh, he's got the foresight of the future. And he's also incredibly witty and, and kind of charming. So I could see him winning an office based off of his, his personality. Right. Um, I don't know. For some reason, that office, it was the last scene. And it's really like. It, it's throwing me too. Because any kind of like, you know, your, think, your comic is election year. That's a that's very funny. Yeah. common thing for uh, comic book things to kind of have some sort of election or public official yeah because um, i mean story because it creates this level of controversy that's unmatched a level of controversy it also creates the idea of human power too versus absolute power right if you have absolute power you know that's cool and all but if you also have the power of you know destroying or, or something else like with humanity like dude loki had a staff like a mind white people. Like, are you kidding me? He lost. Yeah, he lost. But like, dude, that is an insane power. Like, like he just could men and black people <laughs> left and right. And that is, yeah. But like, like you said, like the election, you, you step into a, a different realm when you go into election stuff. Because we all know how shysty politics can be. Uh, and he'd be great at it. And yeah, he'd be great. 
So, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked for Loki. I think that one's got some of the coolest possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Hiddleston's a great actor, to be honest, that they got him on, on a TV show. Yeah. is incredible in itself. Um, it's just really cool. Uh, Owen Wilson. Yeah. Guest, you know, like, like I said before, like everybody's just trying to get in on the MCU. He's playing, uh, not Morbius, but, uh, Mobius, 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 uh, which is one of the time TVA, uh, leaders, like Mobius, not leaders. Mobius. He works underneath somebody who is a leader. There's like three or four people. I think that really run the TVA, if I'm correct. And they cover like different aspects, I think, of of it. So, well, it looks really good. Um, we really probably know the least out of this show, out of a lot of them, because we've got the trailer now, but it just opened a bunch of question marks. Yeah, um, we have an idea of where they're going with it, but we're gonna find out a lot more about this in the coming days. Um, Speaking about another trailer, um, we got another WandaVision trailer um, mm. as we were you know, talking about briefly earlier. This one got more into the breakage of the current reality that they're in. Yeah. But you also have to remember that Scarlet Witch, her powers were really predicated on uh, messing with people's minds. So... I don't I have, know about you, but like yeah. when I see Scarlet Witch struggling with something of altering reality mm-hmm. that's the reality stone that's that's the one that she possesses powers from yeah. so in my mind we may not be seeing a breakage of the time maybe her powers knowing that they're in the wrong time and trying to bring her out of it or something like that i don't know yeah that's a good possibility um the one that i actually didn't think of uh but that's that's a good one um my Initial thoughts after watching that second trailer is that uh, she's being held there, like against her will. And we're going to get into that. Like, good because the, right the show off is creepy. Of, <laughs> yeah, right off the cuff, I feel like, like episode one or two, maybe. Well, maybe not. Maybe that'll be like the big twist. But like, I think she is being held captive within the multiverse. By someone or something, and that someone or something could be. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many options there. I mean, you're looking at maybe like if they go massive, which they probably won't, but if they went massive, you're looking at like a nihilist territory. You could be looking at like King the Conqueror, who's confirmed for Ant Man three. Um, but I think because we see different time periods. You see the 70s, you see the 50s, you see like the 60s. Um, you see all of those different time frames and you see Wanda and you see Vision dressed accordingly. You see stuff that's in black and white. Um, so I think that she is like living through different realities and as they're breaking, she's being put into another one. Which is why you have that scene where that like the, the one woman is like, you know, I don't know who I am. Right. You know, so I think that there is some like evil boss <laughs> that's uh, created some kind of envelope within the multiverse and is literally holding people there. Um, that could be interesting. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I, I This show 
if I wasn't already hyped for it, here we are a month away from it debuting, and I'm like, more so. Every waking second, I am like excited for this show because they're going to get into a lot of different things, I feel like. Yeah, and it seems like they, I don't know, they show us a lot of the sitcom thing. I feel like it's a very small part of the show. Yeah. I think that's that's a, it's a, minute a talking part. piece yeah. to get people excited because um, it really is so odd seeing it. Um, but it looks like they're they're trying to figure out what the heck's going on. They're trying to figure out where they are, and they seem to be like learning each scene, like, oh, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. And, and she made an emphasis on my human husband. Yep. There's something got to be there, too. I know he's, you know, machine, but like they wouldn't have highlighted that for no reason. Um, maybe they're being, maybe they're what? afraid. Maybe, right. I don't know. You know, super people are not common in, in these times. And so, what like, was popular in the 50s, though? What was popular in the fifties? Robots. Yeah, robots were very popular. I love Lucy 50s. was popular in the fifties too. Well, yeah, that was very popular. But that's the thing. <laughs> Which is exactly what this seems to be based off of. Combine them. Yeah, I think they're. Man, I, I really do like what you said though, because what we knew at Endgame is Thanos used the stones to destroy the stones. Right. If there's two reality stones in the same time period. Right, and if she is created by the reality stone. Like something's going on. Like that, that that's a good that's a good point. Yeah. It just seems to be that like when the girl with the reality powers reality starts falling apart, there's probably mm. something to that. Right. Um super excited about that. It's close. It's on, around the corner. So um that'll be the first one that we're able to cover. Uh next one. I think maybe the biggest news of the day is this next one. The Ant-Man? No. Which one? Oh, I thought we were going into the... Uh, I'm, I'm reading this wrong. My bad. You're uh, we'll skip, we'll skip. We'll, we'll very skip wrong. That. Yeah, give it yeah. to me. No, no, no. Ant-Man 3. We'll, we'll get right. right into it. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Ant-Man 3 is called Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yep. Um, everybody's returning, uh, but Scott's daughter, Cassie, uh, is a little bit older. And she's being played by somebody else. Mm-hmm. So um, Catherine Newton is the name of that actress that will step in. And then we also have Kang the Conqueror um, being confirmed, played by Jonathan Major. So that is, uh, that's the one that we're going to see. And I'm pretty excited. Same. I uh, couldn't be more excited for this. Kang the Conqueror, you're getting into some really cool territory. Quantum Mania, we're looking at them exploring the quantum realm probably a lot more to understand it better. Um, man, this, mm, this one, uh, I, this one's going to be the one, man. I, I remember telling people before in game, you know, months and weeks before it, I said, Ant-Man would be the one mo- like biggest part of this movie. Ant-Man would have the defining moment of the movie. And people are like, nah, nah, it's freaking Ant-Man. How is possible? How is it possible that he is? And look what happened. Like, it's because of him and his knowledge of the quantum realm that they were even to go back and, and redo all of everything and, you know, get everybody back. So I think that this movie is just important. 
just as important. It's huge. Uh, Kang is an awesome villain that the MCU has needed uh, because of the stones. You know, if there's one thing that I think the MCU didn't even really mess up on, it was just the MCU kind of rushed, actually, was the Infinity Saga. Because there's so many things that they, you know, and it's and it's the comic book person in me that's like, you know, well, man, the Infinity Saga was amazing and it was the greatest cinematic, like, masterpiece of our generation. But, like, what could it have been had we had Adam Warlock in there, had we had the Fantastic Four, Galactus, Kang the Conqueror, Doctor Doom? Like, how much more would that have been? I mean, we're looking at maybe this movie being three and a half hours to being, like, a five-hour full-day experience, you know? Um, but, I mean, this is this is still huge regardless. Kang is... Ah, man. Ah... Uh, it makes sense to put the time traveling guy in the mm-hmm. time traveling series. Yeah, um, for sure. It's cool to see them get like a really legit villain too, right? Because um, they've they've been needing one. I know like Ghost was pretty powerful, but um, this feels like a step up. That and massive for, step up. Yeah, for Ant Man and, and the Wasp, who have incredibly strong powers um, and are tech beings. Uh, they're going to have a lot to learn because <laughs> yeah. they're not going against um, really the villains of the first two movies have been humans. The ghost was like a benefactor of another human. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they've got a, a very interesting human that can do a lot of futuristic things, um, that, things they that they can't even have, comprehend. Right. No comprehension of. So it's going to be as if he's a god to them. Yeah. And that's going to be very interesting to see how they deal with that. And um, I love the way that you put that. You said a god. And I think the next bit of news we're just going to jump right into. And that is Christian Bale as Gore. Yeah. That's the biggest news of the day, dude. That's absolutely the biggest news the that came out yours. of this thing. Man, like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, I had a very good feeling. I had like a 70% feeling that Gore would be who Christian Bale is. Because, like, man, like, but the fact that they announced it, the fact that he really is Gore the God Butcher, like, like what that implies is insane. Okay. So, like, Gore is basically this being that, uh, it's kind of, I don't know. Um, I would say it's kind of cliche because I think we've kind of seen these stories before where you have a character who is basically being told like, you know, trust in the gods, you know, the gods will provide for you when no one else will, when you think that you're, you know, at the worst point in your life, like, but they don't and it's false. It's the ultimate trickle down effect. Yeah. And you know, he has kids, his kids die, all of them. His, his the love of his life dies and all of these people are like saying well you know put put your trust in the gods the gods will provide for you and take care of you and he denies them and then he sees them fighting and i believe he like one of them dies and then the powers transfer to him and i think it's null yeah it's null 
So the implication of Null now being in the MCU is huge because Null is the king of the symbiotes, basically. Null is like where everything stems from when you're talking about venom, when you're talking about carnage. So like, like I was, I was uh, talking to you the other day, like loosely just about like, uh, I think it's Donnie Cates is writing, you know, uh, the King in Black comic book, which is basically null. Um, yeah, dude, like, so Gore the God and, and not to mention, dude, when he fights Thor, it is the most one-sided thing. He destroys Thor right off the cuff because basically once Gore gets those powers and abilities, he says, all right, I'm going to kill every single God that I see. And he does. He goes through the galaxy, just wrecking gods. Um, and then he gets to Thor and he just destroys Thor. Like it's not even like Thor has no idea what just happened. He just gets smacked. And, uh, you know, what these could, what these implicate, like, oh, the implications are just crazy, man. So we know that, like, Jane Foster is going to be Thor at, at, in this movie. Like, she's going to have a massive role. She's going to be Lady Thor, basically. Uh, I mean, dude, you could have, I mean, Sif is going to be in the movie now. We got, we had that announcement made that Sif will return. That's pretty cool. Um. So I'm like, dude, like, what if, and, and here we go, like, there's a show now called What If, but like, what if Gore debuts, like, Gore shows up and just kills Thor, like, right off the cuff or something. Right. Like, you know how impactful that scene would be? Like, what the heck do you even do with that? And I mean, how much, how much more interesting would that story now be for Jane Foster? who just now has the abilities as Thor to now have to deal with the fact that like Thor's dead or something, you know, because it is the multiverse. Now you can explore those kinds of things because you can just bring back Thor in another, another universe. If you want to bring back Thor, you can just bring him back in another universe and, or, or whatever. But I do have a very good feeling that that's going to be something that happens is that like Gore, just wrecks Thor. He might not kill him, but he's just going to destroy Thor right off the bat. That would be interesting. Yeah. Oftentimes you see the villain establish themselves by killing or beating something. Um, it's never like another hero though. It rarely Thanos. It was, and that yeah. was really the difference yeah. right away. He beat the shit out of Hulk. Right. <laughs> and we're like, Whoa. <laughs> Oh, okay. We're dealing with something totally different here. Mm -hmm. So that's if he comes in and just claps Thor immediately, then we're talking about a different ball game, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I will be very intrigued if if he comes up on Thor early in the movie. I will be eyes open because everybody's gonna want to see that battle. But um. That's crazy. Yeah. And and as I said, though, like, if you're getting into Gore, the God Butcher, you're getting into Null. And just by getting into Null, the MCU is saying, oh, hey, uh, we don't know if you guys know this, but symbiotes exist now within our universe. So they're literally like, 
you know, in advance kind of setting things up for, you know, a Venom or something to pop off in this universe, as well as Noel. I mean, Noel's an interesting and cool character in, in his own right. But, um, yeah, man, dude, that's the biggest news. I think second biggest news of that, you know, initial, you know, Twitter scrolling was obviously Fantastic Four. The, the them announcing that they're going to be making Fantastic Four is right. huge. Yeah. First thoughts. Oh my gosh. First thoughts. Like, uh, which version are we getting? <laughs> like, right. dude, I am tired of seeing Fantastic Four get treated like, you know, they're nothing. Like they're just, you know, trash. Because those movies in the past were bad. Those were horrible. Like, dude, what if we get Hickman, like the the Jonathan Hickman style Fantastic Four slash Avengers new event like I'd been talking about before. Like, oh my goodness, man. Like, if we're talking about like that, we're talking about like maybe Franklin Richards popping up somewhere, which is always an implication regardless if the Fantastic Four are being done or not. Like, well, I mean, if they're being done, which we know they are now, there's a possibility of Franklin Richards being involved somehow. Franklin Richards is like the smartest dude in the galaxy. Like, like, dude, uh, like Galactus fears Franklin Richards. That's how, yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. So, man, uh, and this is the initial group. This is the first, like, group of superheroes in Marvel history. It's Fantastic Four. They are the, you know, uh, uh, the OG like the top dog the top dog yeah i'm i'm super excited for the fantastic 4 i think i think this would mean that 100% now fantastic 4 is coming before the x men yeah which was a question mark before because well they I've been talking more about the X-Men outwardly than the Fantastic Four, really. Um, there's been more speculation probably on the Fantastic Four due to casting. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting that basically they're going, it exists, here's a director. Yeah. It could be seven years away. <laughs> yeah. We don't yeah. know. Um, I would say with that news, it will it puts us three to five years out. Right. Probably. That's like the average, I think, time period that it would take. But also interesting because the director is the Spider-Man director, which means we may be five to seven years out mm-hmm. um, because he's got to focus on. I mean, he's putting together a movie with 12 people, uh, stars. Right. And so he's going to have a lot to be doing in the time period where he would otherwise be writing things for Fantastic Four. So it sounds like it's one of those scenarios where once he finishes Spider-Man, he's going to go on to that film. It begs um, the question now that you said that as to is this the last Spider-Man movie based off them pulling out all the stops? Sure. This being the third, which is typically like the last. It's not unlikely. Yeah. I mean, they they will continue with the Spider-Man story. For sure. But in a different way. the last solo? Right. I and mean, it's not even a solo anymore. You know, like Captain America, the, the first movie was a Captain America movie. Yeah. Winter Soldier was a Captain America movie. Yeah. Civil War was but, not. But even Winter Soldier got a lot bigger. It had Sam, it had Natasha, it had Hawkeye, it had yeah. Winter Soldier, it had a whole bunch of people. 
Then we got into Civil War where it's like, this is no longer... Captain America. You have an angel investor. Yeah. You have uh, people that you report to now. Right. So you are no longer, you know, you signed the paperwork. We now, you're a part of our family. Right. So it seems like that third movie is when everybody takes their film into the broad spectrum of the MCU. And we saw and that so with that Iron is what Man we're saying with Spider-Man. Right. We saw that with Iron Man 3, to your point. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, this could be. There's really no exception. Uh, so, Ragnarok had the Hulk in it, ultimately. Right. And then walked right into um, the next film, which was Avengers uh, Infinity War. Which goes back to my point of Thor, Love, and Thunder. Something's going to happen to Thor. Like the Odin son Thor that we know. Because if the movie's going to be basically revolving around Jane Foster as Thor, that's a good way to write him. Not write him off, but like, in a way, write him off. It keeps him out of the movie for a while. Is if Gore just comes in and just wrecks him. Smacks him right off the bat. Like, that would be... I don't think they'll do that mm. for this reason. Um... If that real world scenario, if that happened, that'd be sick, right? We'd be like, what the heck just happened here? Yeah, because dude, dude so we're just went down. So big things are coming from this dude. But what would happen like three hours later? We'd be like, ah, oh, man. Yo, that was fun, but we don't have Thor anymore. <laughs> like we don't have, but we don't have don't. Thor Odinson. And that would hurt. You would though. So... The MCU has not been known for taking your favorite heroes and just slamming them into the ground because it's fun. They usually need some huge story arc, and Thor's already finished his. Mm -hmm. So exactly, if we're gonna get a new one, I think they'll see it out. So if you're, if you're saying that Gore's gonna make the second half of his movie his, I know, I think that maybe he becomes the Thor. I think Gore destroys him. Thus creating the new Thor movies becoming Jane Foster Thor movies. Like, Thor that we know has ended his story, essentially. The actor hasn't. The actor hasn't. But like I said, man, we're in the multiverse now, dude. Anything can happen. Like, you could have Thor get wrecked. You could have Thor get beheaded. Oh, and I don't think that's going to happen. They could bring him back, though, because it's the multiverse, man. There's so many things at stake now. There's so many things that could happen. Like, oh my goodness, man. Like, yo, I, I I can't express enough, man. I'm literally geeking out over this stuff. Like, this is insane. Um, uh, yeah. But with the Fantastic Four, I think that with that being like you said, about five years. I think that gives them enough time to, you know, get a good cast together uh, and then just kind of see where they want to go with it because there's a lot of different ways they can go with it. But with that being announced, I mean, dude, you're already talking about Silver Surfer, already talking about Galactus, already talking about Doctor Doom. Like, like that's three big names right off the bat. That's a trilogy. <laughs> That's literally a trilogy of movies right there uh, with Galactus maybe being not part of the Fantastic Four movie, but more part of like introduction during the Fantastic Four movie into 
like an in-game type scenario or at the very least some kind of like big climactic movie uh like an avengers movie you know type thing but um yeah man we're we're getting into some really big territory when we talk about fantastic four yeah i mean i i just don't know i, I there's nothing to really speculate on because literally literally they just announced it um mm-hmm. as a movie <laughs> so there's only so far we can go on uh fantastic four we can talk about that in the future but for now, it's just kind of unbridled enthusiasm about the thought of what could be. Um, that kind of leads us into what I wanted to go over next, which is Hulk and Abomination being announced for She-Hulk, which means there's a story there between Hulk and She-Hulk that's going to take place on that TV show that we didn't necessarily know. Otherwise it seemed like it was going to be a show about her. Right. So, and then it will be, but to what extent that's the question now, maybe like we know like Hulk and abomination, both kind of got their powers through radiation. Uh, that's, that's basically how they got their powers through exposure to the radiation. Mm-hmm. She Hulk, same thing. Maybe the setup for She-Hulk is that she was somehow around the events of, that happened in Hulk, where he's fighting Abomination. Uh, I, I don't know. That could be how you set up how she got the powers. Um, I mean, there's once again, there's a lot of speculation with these with this stuff because we just don't know anything. It's all just announcements, and. You know, we all kind of take it differently. Like if you are, if you're a big fan of the comic books, you're, you're looking at some of this stuff and like completely geeking out and going like, oh, they could do this. They could do that. They could do this. They could do that. You know, and then to the casual person, they're just like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then, you know, moves on about their day. <laughs> but uh, with, with She-Hulk, um, I think that could be how that happens is like Hulk abomination fighting maybe and her being exposed to the radiation at some point um that's how she gets the powers and then it goes from there and then how how strong do you think she'll be compared to the hulk um jump dude she's gonna be pretty strong yeah i mean she's not i mean the incredible hulk you're you're looking in once again you're looking into crazy territory when you're talking about the hulk uh i mean which Hulk is it? Are you talking Immortal Hulk? Are we talking World Breaker Hulk? Because uh, those are <laughs> insanely powerful versions of the Hulk. Um, but was she Hulk, dude? I mean, she's she's really powerful too, dude. So um, we'll, we'll be in for a treat, I think, when we get to the She-Hulk. I think that's going to be pretty cool, pretty fun. Yeah, and I think we we don't really know much of anything around that one. This was like the first news. Mm-hmm. Um, we will get Abomination and the original actor back, which is nice. Um, of course, Ruffalo was not in that one mm-hmm. um, in the Incredible Hulk, so uh, it'll be different foes matching up. But we've appreciated Mark and his time so far. Uh, okay, so 
we've got Miss Marvel um, being announced uh, as part of Captain Marvel two, mm-hmm. as well as just uh, some stuff, some small stuff about Miss Marvel and who she is and um, what her place is going to be. It seems like I'm guessing they're going to start with trying to make her more of a kids relatable hero, um, similar to the Spider-Man path. Yep. As a teenager, and then she's going to ascend into a bigger role as both she and the character grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Captain Marvel two would be one of those ways. That's why I loved that comic. Uh, I think it's the. I think it is the New Avengers. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I get all of these names confused a lot, but like that team of like Miles Morales, Miss Marvel, uh, Kid Nova, uh, who else? Kate Bishop, I think, is in it. Uh, I think Falcon as Winter Soldier, as Falcon as Captain America. So it's like Sam Wilson Cap. He's no longer Falcon. Uh, I think they're all in a team together. And that's basically the theme of that team is that. You know, like much like we've seen with Peter Parker, like he's just a teenager trying to get through his teenage life. Like he doesn't need this superhero BS going on, too, but he does. And that's basically what every single one of those characters has going on. They all have some kind of weight of like, man, like that's too much weight to carry with you. But they all have it and they all go through it together. Like Kid Nova has to step into the shoes of like who his father was. Uh, Miles Morales is same situation Peter Parker's in. He's just a kid trying to get through it. Same with Miss Marvel. Um, Sam Wilson, like he's got to take on the burden of being like Captain America now because, you know, Steve's not there. And that's a lot. To, <laughs> that's a big pair of shoes to like step into. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty neat, man. I'm, I'm really excited for Miss Marvel. Her being in Captain Marvel 2. Um, I think that's more just going to be like, you know, I think it'll be pretty cool, but it's not going to be like a major part of the movie. Maybe I could be wrong, but, um, some of the speculation for Captain Marvel two that we got into was like, uh, who was it? Like, uh, oh my gosh, Rogue from the X-Men being the villain of Captain Marvel 2. That was that was talked about for a while. Was that? Um I can't remember what that was from. I don't remember either, but like that's initially how Rogue debuted in Marvel Comics, I believe, was actually as a villain. Um So I mean man, you're looking at a cast that could be like all female role models, which is insanely cool. Like with Miss Marvel, the show, um, like I think every person that has anything to do with like direction or like design or anything like that are all like international, which is am- amazing. Like it's a huge step forward. Um, so I'm I'm pretty pretty geeked about this as well. Yeah, and one of the cool things that i noticed is that the majority of the people working on the movie are are women or people of color yes um and specifically a lot of like middle eastern um descendants so Mm -hmm. that's pretty awesome um we're gonna see how this all goes i'm very curious to see how this is gonna work when they're flooding the market with tv shows over and over and over Mm -hmm. um 
I'm guessing it'll be fine, but uh, we'll see. This is going to, like the TV shows, I feel like for a lot of people, it's going to be a Marvel fan thing. I don't think it's going to do nearly as well as the movies for casuals. Mm -hmm. TV shows are hard to get into. Yeah. So you got to really kind of commit yourself to it. Um, and maybe that's the genius of this, that Ms. Marvel is made for like a younger generation mm -hmm. who is going to go online and watch their, you know, their shows there. So she's a relatively new character as well. Right. Right. Um, a lot of younger kids would know more about her. And sometimes they're resistant. The older comic generation is resistant to like new stories from a younger generation. Right. Right. I'm intrigued. Um, the next one, speaking of Captain Marvel, the co-star of Captain Marvel, Mr. Um, Samuel Jackson. Mm. We've talked about him getting his own show. They revealed the title. It's called Secret Invasion. Another TV show that will be exclusive on Disney+. Plus. This one focuses um, on Fury and the Scrolls. Mm -hmm. Um and kind of how, and Talos specifically, how they've taken over a lot of Earth um, by shape-shifting yeah. and the shenanigans that follow. So one thing that we, we don't cover on this show, obviously, just based off of our names, it's, it's Marvel guys. So, like, we, we go into Marvel stuff. But, like, obviously, too, there was, like, stuff from Star Wars that was announced for Disney Plus on the same day. There's like 10 shows for just Star Wars 2 that were announced. Um, and the way that I'm looking at Secret Invasion is similar to how I'm going to be looking at some of these shows that are going to be coming out for the Star Wars universe. Because to me, and I know that some of the listeners to the Marvel this Marvel podcast are probably fans of Star Wars as well. Because I think the two kind of coincide. Um, like if you're a fan of one, you're more than likely a fan of the other. And vice versa. Um, so, like, the, to me, the reason that I'm very excited for Secret Invasion as well is because when I look at the Star Wars franchise, any time that they go into depth as uh, in between a certain amount of time, and that certain amount of time is typically from Episode 3, the end of Episode 3, to the beginning of Episode 4. Any time that they go into any kind of thing within that time frame, I'm hooked. I'm, you got me. You have got me. Hook, line, sinker. And we're getting like a Cassian Andor series. Uh, we're also like another good time frame is between episodes six and seven, which is what we're seeing with The Mandalorian, uh, which we're going to see with the Ahsoka Tano show. Um, and that's exactly what this Secret Invasion show is for me, for the Marvel Universe, because that is an, a massively... In the thing about it is Captain Marvel was perceived as something before it came out. So a lot of people tuned that out. A lot of people don't care about Captain Marvel one. They don't. And I, you know, I don't understand it, but you know, uh, it's their loss because at the end of Captain Marvel, we saw probably the coolest thing ever because this movie was set like 10 years before we saw Iron Man. And that is Literally, his interactions with Captain Marvel were the thing that set the Avengers initiative into play. So we're now going to explore what happened possibly within that time frame with Nick Fury, which is very interesting because he has the Avengers initiative set up 
but it doesn't take place for another 10 years. So what the heck was going on in between? And that's what we're going to get with Secret Invasion, I feel like. So I'm stoked for that. This could be something that sets up a whole bunch of things. And I think that's what's cool is that like, similar to how if you just watch the Avengers movies, you could kind of get the story, the general storyline. Um, I don't think these TV shows are going to be 100% essential for the casual fan to follow along um, what could ultimately be a Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you're going to have to have seen this Secret Invasion TV show. However, when we look forward and if that happens, we'll, the people that watched it will be able to go, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. That I remember that. That's cool. Oh, look at that. So we'll we'll get our own gems. You know, not everybody, even Marvel fans, not everybody's going to watch every single TV show. Yeah. So the ones that have followed everything get the most complete picture mm-hmm. out of anybody. And that's cool because that gives you like the added bonus of, of watching it. Even if there's a bad episode or something, you're like, oh, but this is going to be something so much greater down the road. Right. So I need to, I need to sit through Thor too, because when we get to end game, they're going to reference a whole scene from Thor too. Yeah. Word yeah. for word. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, it's just these little, little things that go on in these TV shows that are going to be really fun for us. It's not going to like completely take away from, you know, the, the cinematic experiences of the movies for the casual fan. But for us, it's giving us all this cool background stuff that some people might think was a little bit boring. And we're like, Oh, this is sick. You know, this is amazing. It's, you know, uh, our friend group, like that's that's purely our friend group when we talk about Star Wars, like, and that's basically what it is. Like, you can go through and just watch, you know, the first six movies and the the sequel trilogy, and be done with it, and that's fine. But then there's people like me and and the rest of our friend group that's like, but I want more. So you have like comic books out there for Star Wars that go into detail into canon things uh, for Darth Vader. You have th- you have books that go into different stories that could be told based off of different spawn of Han and Leia or, uh, you know, I mean, man, like, like, did you know that there's actually a story uh, based off of two kids of Han and Leia's? And none of them are Ben Solo. <laughs> you have like uh, Jaina uh, and Jason, Jason and Jaina. Uh, and they're, you know, it's an awesome story. There's so many different stories that have just spawned off and it's all just lore based. Right. And it's not for the casual people. You know, it really isn't because you got to be invested to like really get into the stuff like that and to kind of know things that are going on. But at the same time, like you said, I think Marvel does a good job of like still, um, keep things to where you don't have to indulge that much time into something to understand what's going on, which is neat. Yeah. Which is a successful plan. Right. You can't have any, everything hinging on, uh, following, 22 hours of, of footage just for one movie um obviously we were able to do about 
55 because we were close to it and we really liked it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think they're straddling the line well. Um, so next we've got here Ironheart um, being really like officially announced. So mm-hmm. uh, what are your initial thoughts on, you know, we kind of already knew it was coming, um, but it's it's here. Um, I think it's one of those things that's like really big for uh, women and minorities in this country as well. Uh, huge because we just lost Chadwick. Um, I mean, we're obviously getting Black Panther 2 without him. So it, the show continues and you still have those like leaders to look up to for like young uh, black children. Um, Ironheart's another one because dude, Ironheart, people sleep on the fact that she's like top five, maybe top, at least top 10 smartest people in the Marvel universe. Like she's insanely intelligent. So she's like, and that's why, you know, the, the font looks like Iron Man and it's Iron Heart. It's because she's basically like a second coming of Tony Stark in a different way. And that's huge, man. And, uh, you know, we need that. I think we need some armor. Yeah, we need, we need some, some armor. We need some iron. Um, what, what that could set up, I mean, like I said, the last podcast episode, I think we were talking about, once again, Hickman's Avengers and New Avengers. It seems more and more like they could be going that way. And one way that they can do that is by, instead of having Tony Stark as Cap, or t- Tony Stark as Iron Man, you could just throw Ironheart in there and say, well, this is your Illuminati. <laughs> like, you, like, that's it. Like, there's so many things that they can do. I'm I'm just I'm thrilled, man. And like I said, this is a huge step forward for for women, for young, uh, you know, black children to have people to look up to within this like within this universe, within the superhero genre. Um, I'd love to at some point see Blue Marvel. I think that would be really cool if they got into that character um, at some point, um, but. Yeah, man, Ironheart, that's going to be fun. It's going to be really interesting. I'm pretty excited. Um, We need some Iron Man stuff in the MCU. Um, I mean, he had the biggest impact. Yeah, and moving forward, you don't want him to be erased, even though uh, Spidey is carrying on his memory. It looks like uh, Doctor Strange is about to assume that role. And so we may get some more uh, flashback stuff with Ironheart. And um, yeah, it's just going to be interesting with with her moving forward, being the next iron piece of you know superhero. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be fun. And hopefully she represents uh, some of the the heart of Iron Man, no pun intended. And if she does, then we'll get a good show. Um if Iron Man had a coaching tree, this would be the first branch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Armor yeah. Wars was another TV show that was announced, and it will have um, Cheadle mm. as War Machine. Mm. See, this one I didn't really know a lot coming into. I didn't know it was going to exist at all. Yeah. So, interesting. <laughs> yeah, very interesting, uh, because I don't really remember anything that just involves War Machine at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um 
because he's mostly like a side piece. Uh, but it's very interesting. I mean, uh, I think the premise of the show is him like protecting Stark tech, stuff like that. Um, right. <clears throat> so you, I guess you could see like the two shows bleeding into each other at some point with Ironheart and, and what is it? Armor Wars, you said? Yes. Armor Wars. Interesting. Interesting. Um, because I think that's initially how Ironheart becomes Ironheart to begin with, is that she's like messing around with Stark tech. Uh, so I, I'm I'm assuming that one will have to become, one will have to play out before the other, maybe. I, I don't know, but very interesting because I I'm I know nothing. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what this could entail. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming she's going to be taking place in the current day, the MCU current day. It's weird. They're always going to be ahead of us now mm-hmm. because they're five years ahead. It used to be like they'd reference 2012 stuff and like Fortnite was an end game and all kinds of cool stuff like that. So we'll see if they try to predict the future now. Yeah. Um, I really don't know much about Armor Wars, so um, that is the extent of our coverage for now. Uh, we did get a trailer of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, yes. I guess no no restrictions here. First thoughts. First thoughts. Uh, this will probably be... All right, my the, first thoughts. <laughs> one of the best series that we ha- will have. It, it looks like the Winter Soldier movie. It does. As a TV show. Winter Soldier's top three movie in the MCU to me. So this should be a top three TV show. In com- by comparison. It's the first one that looks like a real TV drama. Yep. Like it looks like NCIS or right. you know, something like that where you're like, oh, now throw in a little bit of superpower, you know, mm-hmm. which there isn't much because it's Falcon and Winter Soldier who are, you know, Winter Soldier has obviously superhuman capabilities, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Like that's the extent of it. So um, I think this will be more based in realism. And be kind of, uh, you know, you know, don't want to be stereotypical, but like Gotham-y. It'll be kind of a dark city. Um, yeah. That really Captain America became because it focused on Hydra. And Hydra really is uh, everything bad in the world, including politicians and um, yeah. local leaders, things right. like that. So I think that could, I think that's going to be the central theme to all of it. The idea that Hydra has... Uh, predicted the the future and and acted upon that for the last however many years um so i'm really excited to see like zola come mm-hmm. back in the picture and uh really everybody that they're going to face up against i think there's going to be a nice lineup of, of villains what i think initial thoughts actually too would be is that i think we saw like sam and bucky going elsewhere to set up shop right um and we saw U.S. Agent for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, U.S. Agent, I think, will be essential to the story because I think that people are going to reject U.S. Agent as they did in the comics. Um, and that was like a whole storyline. Like, there's no Captain America, so we're going to just create a Captain America, even though he's not. We're just going to call him U.S. Agent. And people aren't going to be too happy about that. And... I think Sam is going to be way too reluctant to actually use the shield. So the shield will not be used. It's just going to be like, you know, 
you know, there it is, like piece of history. Right. That's all it's going to be. So we're not ever going to get Sam Wilson as Captain America. Uh, but what this does open the door for is because so many people, I think, really felt like Bucky should be the one. If there is going to be another Captain America, it is Bucky. Like, yes, Sam Wilson was Cap too, but like, man, like Bucky is. I mean, there's a reason why people thought it should be Bucky is because it's his best friend from childhood, but also because of how many comics were written with Bucky as Cap. Right. Versus Sam as Cap. Sam as Cap is really cool and really interesting, but I think more people would want to see Bucky as Cap. However, it does open the door for the possibility of that still in the future because it doesn't seem like either one of them are taking on that role. They're still just being them, which is awesome. So um, I think that's going to be the theme of the show is the government trying to create another Captain America to like spark enthusiasm, but it's not going to work. And then Falcon and Winter Soldier are going to be doing the real dirty work of keeping America safe, which is what Cap was doing. Yeah, there was there was a lot of uh, Captain America color orientation um, throughout this trailer. And you could feel the essence of, of the Captain America movies. So it's really nice to see his thumbprints already on the, the series. Because these two... Uh, you know, I use the, the analogy, the coaching tree. They're they're under the Captain America coaching tree. Mm-hmm. So as that spreads, um, they're now top dogs in that tree line. So we're going to see Winter Soldier. We're going to see Falcon. But they're always going to give this uh, kudos to Captain America because he's their guy. Yeah. Um, and now they are going to, you know, have their own story and then one day it's going to be them passing stuff down to somebody else and you'll get a little bit of falcon and a little bit of winter soldier and a little bit of captain america and every single character that they interact with um that's taking over for their spots so i i love that like i i like that it doesn't feel like some random tv show it feels like they split off like loki in the middle of winter soldier with their own cube and they're just doing their own tv show so i love that i think it's it's off to a good start already with this trailer I think when it first comes out, it's going to be really exciting, really fun to watch. And I, th- I think it's going to give you that drama feeling that, um, you know, a hit TV show from your childhood maybe would have given you. Yep. I think so, too. I think it's a, it's going to be awesome. A great watch. I think we were all um, looking forward to seeing who was going to uh, take their spots in the cast of Shang-Chi. Yeah. Our first... Uh, Martial artist, first uh, first Asian, right? Yep. Of any sort, really. Well, I guess Wong. Been yeah, Wong, he's, he's a not like supplemental a main guy. character. Yeah, it's the first main guy. That's... Um, so yeah, we've got uh, we've got some well known names. We won't go through them all, but um, obviously Aquafina, like that's a huge everybody kind of knows who she is, and she's going to be a part of two different shows. Yeah. Um, or two different entities in the MCU. So, mm-hmm. um, July 9th, two thousand twenty one. We've got um, really a full lineup of uh, Asian characters uh, with Razor Fist as the, the yeah, oddball the, the, out on the uh, poster. Right. So um, Razor Fist, the cast, go for it. Um, I, I think my initial thoughts of the Ten Rings could be mis- 
miscued. I don't know. Like just because of the razor fist casting, but I could be wrong. Um, I think it would be really neat if like the 10 rings are immediately involved. I mean, it is called the legend of the 10 rings. So, uh, but maybe he's like protecting them. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. The 10 rings are very powerful artifacts, uh, within the, the Marvel universe. So, it would make sense maybe if like Shang-Chi is sworn to protect the Ten Rings and Razor Fist is trying to like take them for his own personal gain or something. And that's like the story that's that's being brought to us. Um, but I, man, I cannot wait for this movie because, dude, martial arts scenes and movies are fantastic. Like Donnie Yen movies are great. <laughs> They're so good. Uh, Bruce Lee movies, insanely cool. Uh, even like the Jet Li movies that like we grew up with were, you know, amazing, man. So it'll be very cool to, to see Shang-Chi in uh, the Marvel Universe. I'm excited. Um, I'm curious to see what kind of cultural swell this gets. I don't think it's going to be too big, um, but I could see it being there. Like, I think this is going to be – we saw how – uh, Crazy Rich Asians did, mm-hmm. and that was like the first big budget movie to go like a full Asian cast. Yeah. Um. So maybe we'll see some some excitement the, over this as well. The popularity is there. Uh, I mean, dude, we're seeing like K-pop groups dominating. We're seeing American people that are invested into Korean dramas overseas. Uh, anime is as popular as it's ever been. And is continuing to grow as we talk about stuff. Uh, so it's it's definitely there, man. There's an interest for sure. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be talking a lot more about that um, in the coming months as we find out more and we get a trailer. The trailer is going to be. Oh, dude, the trailer. That's where be. you'll find out what we are in oh, store man. for, you know? Because, yeah. yeah, with martial arts, I mean, you know, shout out to Bruce Lee, but. The fact that he had these crazy martial arts movies, you know, scenes, people were convinced he was like the deadliest person on the planet. Yeah, which dude. He was a good martial artist, a yes. very good one, but the dude was an actor. Like, mm-hmm. that's what a good martial artist, you know, scene can do for you. Some right. of the most iconic scenes, you look back and they're like the cheesiest things ever, but it it grabbed people. It yeah, took them in. Totally. So... Moving on to Hawkeye and Haley Steinfeld as his daughter. What are the first thoughts of Mr. Spencer in the corner? As always, I'm curious. What do you think? Um, Kate Bishop Hawkeye, I think it opens the door for the new Avengers. Because we already have Miss Marvel. Uh, we basically already have Miles Morales because he's been teased in a film. That's canon. Um, Kid Nova, we don't know yet. I mean, it's something that could happen down the line, way in the future. But I think they're setting the like the stones in place for like new Avengers, because uh, she's part of it. Uh, you could throw Ironheart maybe in there. Um, uh, Falcon, like, dude, there's where we're getting into some pretty cool territory. I will say that, and I. Um, I, well, is it the Young Avengers that I'm thinking of? Is that? 
Maybe that's right. I think it's Young Avengers. I don't think it's New Avengers. I think it's Young Avengers. I'm getting There's everything a lot of confused. Avengers. There really is. But um, yeah, we're getting into that territory with uh, with with this uh, show, and it'll be really awesome to see <clears throat> where they go with her. I think Haley Steinfeld is like amazing. Uh, and yeah, dude, I can't. And he's in it too. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Renner, Jeremy Renner. Yes, he, he's in it. So it'll be cool to see like the passing of the torch, so to say. Yeah, it'll be it'll be pretty cool um, to see Clint Barton get his own limelight because um, he's really he's Hawkeye. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and now he doesn't have to be Hawkeye. Yeah. He I mean, he was apprentice. never called Hawkeye, but like, right. you just knew he was Hawkeye. He, yeah, he called his daughter Hawkeye in right. Endgame, and that was like the only time we heard that that term, even though we all called him that. Right. Um, and then we called him Ronan, <laughs> and like nobody yeah. ever referenced his name that we were calling him. Um, but now he has Kate Bishop uh, to pass on his skills to. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I think that'll be a very interesting story, hopefully heartwarming. Um, I know he was like talking to his daughter in the Endgame movie, but there will be this a different relationship. So um, we'll see how emotional it is, but hopefully we get a good backstory um, on a guy that we've watched for quite a while now. Um, and then she can carry on the, the torch of the Hawkeye name, mm-hmm. even though he never had it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Guardians holiday special was the next thing that was kind of confirmed for us or really brought up because I don't think we had anybody who was talking about this uh, that I know of. But yeah, it looks like we're going to get more Guardians content mm-hmm. from the original director. So that's always good. Yeah, that's always good. I think more than anything, it's just like you said, the original director being part of something with Guardians is enough. Like I don't have any speculation for what this is. I think it's just going to be like some kind of one-off you know, here's some guardian stuff for you. Uh, the same with I am Groot. I'm, I'm not really sure what that really is. It seems like honest, a, something like, that they're going to attach to other videos. Right. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Don't but, know what that means. <laughs> but James Gunn being involved is is huge. It's a it's a it's the right step, you know, to take uh, to getting a Guardians three. Yes, and and that's kind of what I take from it um, is that it seems like this is something extra. Mm-hmm. And James Gunn is back doing it, which means that they're on good terms again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Disney's kind of hypocritical. It always will be. Yeah. But it's a conglomerate. It's a beast. So we're what, just dealing with Kevin Feige's tree. What if, which is an awesome segue, but what if we get to the end of the holiday special and then we get an end game, like an end scene, and that's where we see Adam Warlock for the first time? Like he steps out of the thing. You gotta watch all the way through to get to the. Yeah, that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty cool. I don't know. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. I wouldn't put it past them to put a super important thing on. I am Groot. Who knows? Um, yeah. You can be asking yourself what if all day long, um, but you could just join us on this podcast because we're about to discuss it. What if? Right. If you watch the trailer. Um, Look pretty neat. It's pretty much. It's not completely a what if. It's more like a what if we did half of the things that you thought would possible. Like yeah. not every character is switched up, but it seems like 
Yeah. Um, most of the superheroes played musical chairs with their genders and and, and skin their roles. color and yeah, everything. everything. So uh, yeah, it's basically like different. We saw like T'Challa roles. as Star Lord. Yeah, T'Challa became Star Lord. Peggy Which Carter was, cool. was Captain America. There's all kinds of weird things that was kind of going on, but it is cool to see how it would go in that world. I'm pretty geeked to see the Watcher. Yeah, that that's interesting that they would introduce that. Yeah. Like, you know, I thought this would be kind of like a, you know, eh. I mean, we saw the Watcher for like a minute, right? And like Guardians 1 or 2. And like that was it. I don't even remember. Like Stan Lee's cameo was basically being with the Watcher, I think, at some point. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That was about it. So like to actually have the Watcher in, you know, in the universe kind of. I mean, it's all like uh, cartoon style, which is okay. It's perfectly fine that they do it that way. I think it's kind of cool that Yondu is like the same guy, though. Yeah. Like his voice actor is the actual Mark guy Brooke. that played Yondu. So uh, well, he's not too busy. No. So like, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, it's it, once again, it's like exploring different things. And that's that's always fun. Yeah, I mean, we we ask each other what if all the time, speaking on on behalf of the the audience, mm-hmm. um, everybody's always playing the what if card. So we do it in real life. Why not comics? Um, but yeah, we we've gotten through everything that we were uh, trying to get through for today. Yeah, <laughs> um, a lot of notes, a lot of news, a lot of excitement. If you've made it this far, um, the next episode you're gonna get is Spencer's uh, episode, was it five and six? Yeah, so because this episode was extremely long uh, in comparison to previous episodes, I'm assuming that it's extremely long in comparison to other episodes, uh, decided to put off, because usually it's like news and notes, and then we go into that. But uh, yeah, we decided to put that off. So instead of giving just one, which we usually do just one, We'll do two issues on the next episode. That's going to be heavy. Yeah, it's going to be there, dude. Dude, there is a lot going on. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm geeked for the next episode as well. It's exciting. Um, we're getting to a place where WandaVision's right around the corner, as I said. As soon as that starts, this this podcast is going to be sprinting. Mm-hmm. So every chance we get to record an episode for a TV show or a movie that has just come out, um, we're going to be doing it. So just keep track. Uh, it's all coming at you. We didn't go too long, an hour and a half. Uh, I think we succinctly covered everything that we needed to. And in the future, we will probably get deep into each of these in their own specific way. So I can't wait for all that. But right. um, any last thoughts before we head out? Uh, just super excited for the future of Marvel um, and Star Wars, but more obviously Marvel. Star Wars is, is looking pretty cool. Star Wars Disney's is really not cool. playing around. <laughs> yeah. Um, and with it being this big, I wonder if Disney um, is going to make a huge commitment to the Avengers um, for like parks and stuff. Probably. Because they've already started. They have an Avengers compound coming uh, somewhere. I can't remember yeah. where it is. But um, that's becoming a thing. 
And it looks like Marvel and Star Wars are going to be the two biggest uh, pieces of franchise that they own moving forward. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that works uh, if they're doing it like kind of equal, which it really seems like right now, Mm -hmm. or if they're going to lean heavy on movies, TV shows. Uh, Is this new landscape going to change how we view these movies and TV shows? Right. Uh, Probably. At some point, uh, it's not far away. But yeah, there's a lot of things to be excited about. And Marvel's uh, future is looking great. Everybody thinks that um, Kang the Conqueror or Gore um, the God Butcher is like the next big bad. Like that was (laughs) what the news networks were going off of. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think so. No. Because that's not how they announce it. No. uh, Ever. No. So... I'm pretty excited, and I hope we get to see you guys in the next episode with episode four or five and six of the comic book. Um, we'll be coming to you in episode 10. So thanks for joining us today, and stay classy. Peace. Peace.